Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Thank you and welcome to the Free Parking Show. It is Wednesday, so as always, we are doing our game show, Par for Discourse. Before we go any further, let me introduce to you our co-host. We have me, Amos Conway, always with Ryan Moreland, Rich Pyle, Andrew Weedman, and Mitch Reese. How you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Ready to play. Good, great, good. Pretty good. Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good, good. So before we go any further, let's introduce our teams and let's also introduce our punishments. Rich and Andrew, what is your team's name? I think we decided on uh, Sam Bradford's Drunk Agents. <laughs> nice. And your punishments. They've got to sing Adele's Hello, the opening verse. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to Google that. I'm not sure I know the words. <laughs> All right, Ryan, Mitch, what is your team's name and punishment? All right, since uh, Mitch, my buddy Mitch, is a big uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and I'm a big Titans fans, we decided to go with the old AFC Central back when we were in the same division. Uh, so the AFC Central will be our team All name right. tonight. And then our punishment, uh, since nice, Andrew, yeah, Andrew is a uh, a big time uh, Dolphins fan, and uh, and Rich, or I mean Mitch, sorry, Rich, Jesus, Rich is a big time uh, Patriots fan. You guys are both in the AFC East. Uh, you guys both have to mm-hmm. admit that the greatest thing to ever happen to the AFC East is Rex Ryan. Okay. All right. Sounds yeah. fair. <laughs> in, in, a, in a way, that's part. In a way, yeah. that's partially true. So <laughs> he brings all the drama. <laughs> all right. So before we go any further, give a quick layout of the rules for our listeners out there and for our new listeners. We have two teams of two. Be two of my co-hosts that are on here all the time, Rich Pyle and Ryan Moreland. They are teamed up with one of our guest hosts, Andrew Weedman or Rich, or I'm sorry, Mitch Reese. Sorry. <laughs> I will ask them questions. I will score them a point at a time. There are 10 questions. At the end, there's a bonus question worth three points. We'll be rotating, flipping back and forth between. So are you guys ready for question number one? I do believe it. Andrew and Andrew and Mitch, you're both going first, correct? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. So, question number one: New York Yankees closer Aroldis Chapman has been suspended 30 games by Major League Baseball on his new domestic violence policy for his involvement in an alleged incident in October. Do you think this punishment is too much, fair, or uh, much less than deserved? 
And Andrew, go ahead and take this one first. Alrighty. Um, I do think it's completely fair. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, domestic violence isn't really a joke at all. And uh, just kind of some backstory on it. Uh, in the incident, he was accused of choking his girlfriend and firing eight gunshots. There were no official charges filed, and his attorney, of course, denied the allegations. And then, uh, you know, there was going to be a whole trade between him and the Reds and the Yankees, and then kind of fell out, but then it went through three weeks later. And then, um, even though there was he was not convicted, the MLB still did ban him for 30 games, which will end in May. And he's the first player that is suspended under these new rules, which I love that the MLB is stepping up and, you know, kind of making these rules because you look at the NFL – you look at all these players, you know, domestic violence, seems like they get off of it so easily. But, you know, in the NFL, you smoke weed and you get suspended for longer than if you, you know, hit a, hit a woman or something. So, I mean, it's it's definitely deserved. I think maybe it could have been a little more. But, you know, this is the first case. Um, I'm interested to see, you know, if he gets hit with it again, what the ban's going to be. I haven't read too much into the rule, but I do definitely think that this is much deserved. Especially... Looking at guys like Ray Rice, and then you look at uh, Greg Hardy. You know, Greg Hardy's still playing in the NFL after, you know, two domestic violence cases. So I think this is definitely well-deserved. All right, great answer. Mitch, how about you? I'll be blunt. I think he should face a half a season suspension. I don't believe that somebody that can up and hit a woman of all people should deserve 30 games. There's 162 in a baseball season. Ray Rice faced 16 of those, and he plays football. We get it. You can't hit a woman. It's probably, if it's not the most, like, criminal offense, as a man, I don't know how you can stand yourself to lower and degrade yourself to hit a woman. That's absolutely horrible. Now, get it. Yeah, you're a 108-mile-an-hour fastball closer that will throw a fastball and laugh at you as you whiff the bat around. But no matter who you are, you still hit a woman. You're still a disgrace to the male race. You deserve a half a year, but that's just me. All right, very strong opinions on both sides. I'm actually going to go with uh, we're going to go with Andrew on this one. I thought he brought up great points with because I, I do. I think 30 games is right. I think especially with the new rules that they are doing something with it. Yeah, I thought drunk, he brought up some excellent points with everything. All right, wow. so after one, got to hit that bottle. We have Sam Bradford's drunk agents at one. And the AFC Central at zero. Moving on to question two. Buffalo Bills released defensive end Mario Williams. Do you think he can still make an impact and what team suits him best? Ryan, you go first, followed up by Rich. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that he can absolutely make a difference moving forward. Uh, a lot of people look at what he did last year. You know, he had the five sacks, um, which just at a glance – you know, uh, given what he has done in his career, doesn't look good. But then you get, like, a little bit more into it here. He's only one year removed from having uh, 
14 and a half sacks. Uh, I mean, 14 sacks last season uh, uh, in 2014. Now this season, the team went. The team as a whole went way down in sacks. In fact, the Buffalo Bills had the second mo or second least amount of sacks over the entire season. Only Atlanta had a worse total. They had 21. Uh, of that 21, he had five, which tied for the most on the team with Jerry Hughes. Uh, so he's still, you know, the most productive or, you know, one of the most productive uh, at getting to the quarterback of his entire team. The Buffalo Bills as a whole uh, took a step back at getting back to the quarterback. Um and you know the only thing that changed uh, from one season to the next was Rex Ryan, so that might uh, be where you would put some of the blame there is in the coaching staff. Um, but this guy uh, has an absolutely—I uh, don't think that he's—you know—he's only 31 years old. He's still got football left in him. There's gas left in the tank, and I still think that he can put up double-digit uh, sack totals in a season. Uh, you know, he had one bad year, but if you look at the seasons going back before that. Um, you have a good season. You know, you have like 14 sacks, 13 sacks, 12 sacks, uh, going back the last couple of years. Um, and then he had the one year, his last year uh, with the Texans, he had five sacks, but he only played five games that season. Uh, so I still think he can absolutely make a big impact. As for uh, where I think he'll end up, which team best suits him here, uh, I think is the Philadelphia Eagles. Mario Williams has the chance to go play for Jim Schwartz, his old defensive coordinator. Uh, Williams had his best career, uh, his career best, excuse me, for sacks in a season at 14 and a half, as I mentioned in the 2014 season when he was under Schwartz, uh, and it was an All-Pro campaign that he had. Uh, ended up being an All-Pro for that season, and, and why not get the chance to go play with a defensive coordinator, a system that you know you work well in. Uh, and the the Eagles need uh, to upgrade their pass rush, so it works for both. Uh, you know, it's a win-win situation for both teams. So I think it'd be a great place for him to end up. All right, very good answer, Rich. How about you? What you got? Uh, you know, Mario Williams is thirty-one years old. We we see most of these guys last in the league thirty-five, thirty-six on you know, guys that stay healthy and whatnot. And, and Ryan brought up a lot of good points. But one of the things that I'm going to bring up is I believe it was October of last season, early in the year, I think, you know, there were reports coming out that uh, he didn't like what Rex Ryan did with the team in general. They pretty much kept everyone there, switched the scheme. I think they went from, the, you know, pretty much the the different blitz packages they were sending were not working so obviously he's been not not wanting to be in buffalo for a while the cap hit obviously was one of the main reasons they say okay bye you're gone and do i think he can still play at a high level yes 13 and a half or 14 and a half sacks you know uh, two years ago 13 sacks 10 and a half sacks his tackles were you know that they they were up there as well you're looking at 37 tackles 28 tackles 36 tackles and of course the down season this year but i I just think buffalo came in and we all see what head coaches do uh you know head coaches come in they want to change the defensive game plan up and it just doesn't fit in that system i still think mario williams can be a valuable asset anywhere he goes in the league just based off the numbers that, that he's put up in years past 
And if you're looking, if you want to talk about bits, you're looking at, you know, the bottoms of the team that need a pass rusher that stink at the blitz outside of Buffalo that you mentioned. Atlanta, 32, had 19 sacks. The Giants had 23 sacks. The 49ers had 28 sacks. Cleveland, 29. I'm looking probably at the New Orleans Saints for the simple fact that that defense was atrocious last year. And I'm not talking about, you know, in the, the back end. I'm also talking about the, the, you know, the front seven. You had a Mario Williams to, to New Orleans, and it puts pressure on that quarterback. Uh, you know, you get pressure on that quarterback in that division. You're going to give some sort of relief to the back end. It worked well in New England when Belichick beefed up that front seven. So maybe, you know, Sean Payton saying, hey, if I can go out there and get a pass rusher to get up there and line him up alongside with uh, Cameron Jordan, we can, you know, we, we can get some more blitz packages in there and help that uh, the back end a little bit. All right, so we got two great answers, very good answers. The point here is going to go to the AFC Central, though, because I do completely agree. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing research for these questions myself today, the Eagles are the one team that makes, I think, the most sense because they've shown in the past they will go out there, they will spend money on these players no matter age or, you know, they'll, they'll spend it for what they've done in the past Ryan brought up a good point. He's a year removed out of the 14-and-a-half sack season, and if the Eagles get a guy like him, they have a playmaker at each level, especially if Alonzo stays healthy. I think it's a match made happen. Woo! So, after two, we're all tied up. Sam Bradford's drunk agents, one, and the AFC Central, one. Moving on to question three. Steph Curry is on pace to theoretically hit 102 home runs. That's how much he's going to crush the three-point record. In terms of single season, where does this feat stack up? And I believe Andrew went first last time, so Mitch, go ahead and go first this time, followed up by Andrew. God, I hate basketball. All right. Wow. Steph Curry. (laughs) Steph Curry. um, Dude's having an astronomical year. 88 three-pointers. This far into the season, that's a job well done, kid. If you're looking at a comparison to 102 home runs, I know a little more about baseball. I'm not sure that one's been done yet. So if you're um, in comparison to 102 home runs, you're surpassing the likes of several great baseball legends let alone basketball legends, at the fact that Jordan couldn't even get 20. I mean, so obviously, you're doing a great job, kid. It's rough. Doing a great job. I think it's astronomical. All right. I'll be honest, Mitch, you sound a little drunk. You all right over there? (laughs) <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, what do you got? Wait, what? What did I miss? <laughs> All right. All right, yeah. Um we start off like Steph Curry is honestly probably the best shooter that has ever played. Notice I'm not saying best all-around player cuz I don't think he is, but he definitely is the best shooter. You look at his last 4 games that he's played from beyond the arc. 
12 of 16, 10 of 15, 6 of 12, and 5 of 11 from beyond the arc. His last four games, which is a 61% um, total from beyond the arc, which is just disgusting. Um, and you look at it, he already has the single season record wrapped up, 288 right now. Uh, that's He's going to blow that out of the water. And then you look at um, overall three-pointers in a career. Obviously, Ray Allen's up uh, first with 2,973. Steph Curry right now has 1,479. So he needs 1,494 total to beat Ray Allen, and he can get that in five years. He's only 27 years old. And he's just gonna blow that out of the water. Uh, he's not. It's not even gonna be close. He's gonna. He's gonna get over four thousand three pointers made for his entire career. Um, the only one that can maybe challenge him right now is. I know it's. This isn't gonna happen, so don't like start yelling or anything. But J.R. Smith has one thousand six hundred nineteen. He's only thirty, so he can get up there and challenge it. I don't think he's gonna be carrying that pace anymore. But that's gonna be the next closest guy. But um, as far as it stands up. Um, this three point three pointers made title is, um, you know, you compare it to baseball and you look at the home runs. You know, Barry Bonds seven hundred and I don't even remember, but you know, that's his isn't that impressive, obviously, because doping or not, he was doping, and I don't think that he deserves it. I still think that Hank Aaron's the home run king, but as far as this is, I don't think the three pointers is you know that great of a stat to hold for a record. But just the way that he's doing it makes it so much more impressive. All right. Good answers on both sides. I'm going to go with Andrew here. Got to get a good answer. Lots of that drop in, bringing yeah. up Barry Bonds. I'm going to lean towards that side. For me. I know. Unbelievable. No, your answer was astronomical. Ryan! I'm not saying anything, man. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Bradford's drug agent. Two. AFC Central. One. Moving on to question four. Three. Destiny Fagan of FIU brought up allegations that she or she was spent four games because she refused head coach Marlon Chance advances with recent allegations should NCAA the NCAA ask all schools to have internal investigation programs to ensure player safety is being correctly exemplified Rich I'm going to have you go first followed up by Ryan Uh, for the record, the coach was suspended, not the actual player. I read that, and I was like, wait a minute. The player got oh, suspended she? for accusing the coach? The player was suspended. The player was suspended for four games. Yeah, no, it says in the article. They both have been it suspended, says in the article, but the player was suspended for four games. The coach was suspended indefinitely. If that's the case, what is going on at FIU? Wow. If that's the case, what is going on at FIU? Really? Do the coaches, how are you going to suspend somebody when you're doing something wrong? That, that's what I want to know. There's even, no, they, they didn't, got rec- they recorded didn't or, you know, they've got texts. Well, you tell me, by, according to this article I pulled up, it says FIU women's basketball coach suspended after alleged. Alleged sex sexual misconduct doesn't say nothing about the player. 
Just says the coach was suspended yeah, for yeah. games. No, so, the I, player, I don't know. he suspended okay, for, for four say... games, and then he got suspended indefinitely. Okay, that, that makes sense. Why is this coach not fired, honestly? You know, if we were doing something, you know, if I was hitting on one of the girls, you know, hitting on somebody where I worked at in that workplace, there's like a zero tolerance uh, sexual harassment policy anywhere you go. That's like an automatic termination. You sign a, 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 a sexual harassment disclosure saying, you're, you know, we got anything on you, you're gone. How do you suspend a coach indefinitely? And they even got the text messages to, to support the actual allegations. Makes no sense. I don't even know why this coach is still here. He went 4-23 and as an assistant at Maryland under a bad team. You bring this guy in. They're still having a losing season. It, it just – I'm just baffled at this story altogether. And then for whatever reason, the player says she got suspended because he wouldn't – like she wouldn't go on a – you know, have some sexual relations with her or with, with her head coach. Now, I, that it's just I, – I think this looks bad on the NCAA women's basketball for the sake of, you know, there should be a, I don't understand how there's not a zero, you know, a zero tolerance for sexual harassment amongst the league. I mean, look at Jerry Sandusky. They, they kicked him, they kicked him and Joe Paterno out after that allegations. And they, oh, we're just going to suspend this coach for indefinite reasons. No, I'm not buying that one at all. All right. Very good answer. Ryan, how about you? Alright, um, yeah, with this, uh, Fagan, original suspension for the player, uh, for Destiny Fagan of FIU, uh, was because, um, they have a thing called Panther Bucks card, uh, most schools have this, kind of like a meal plan, um, that you can spend money for, and, like, a marketplace that they set up so you can buy grocery stuff like that, now, most colleges have this, uh, and she, uh, hers was her card didn't have any money on it because she spent all the money on her card. She ended up using a teammate's card to go get uh, groceries, um, which I, I didn't know that that was against the rules because it, it was a teammate's card. Uh, you know, it wasn't another student. It wasn't like a, a you know someone paying from the outside. Uh, but but that's why that's why uh, Fagan got suspended in the first place. Um, but then it said her mom repaid it, and it was $350, and that seems, like, $350 will buy groceries for a family of four, let alone the stuff you can fit in the mini fridge in your dorm room, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, that seems like a, it's an ongoing, <laughs> ongoing thing, but anyways, now she's saying that, uh, the suspension was because of Marlon Chen's advances on her, and, um, and him trying to get, uh, sexual favors. She has a couple quotes in here that I pulled. Uh, in the article that I read that are just that are um like mind blowing. Um this the first one said I noticed he was he had a sexual attraction for me when he started saying perverted things to me, uh commenting on my looks, my body frame, my breasts, my behind, uh the way I smile, he would go on into detail uh, of what his sexual thoughts were. Uh I, they were text messages, they pulled some of the text messages off uh the phone and I mean they were uh really creepy. She she had screenshots um, off of her phone that they, that they showed the reporters and they were just creepy at one point he sent her a quiz that was like one of those love quizzes like the boyfriend and the girlfriend both take it see how compatible they are he took one of those quizzes and then sent her the link so she could take it to see how 
uh, compatible they were as a couple. I mean, this is completely unacceptable behavior. Also, he ended up giving her $600 in yeah. cash so she could pay off debt on her account. Um, and then the day after she got the money, she said that her coach called or she her coach called her and she said like coach how can i ever repay how can i ever repay you to try to show her gratitude and her thankfulness for uh what happened uh and his reply is you'll pay me back in other ways and uh she said that he repeated that six different times during the phone call uh i mean the, the whole thing's just creepy he should definitely lose his job if any of this is true um at all he should lose his job uh, that's a very unprofessional way to act and he's 35 by the way she's 22 years old uh, and it's, so, as a coach you're someone that they look up to you should be more of like a, a parental figure uh, than uh, than coming on to, to your students and, and the athletes that, that play under you it's a very creepy uh, very uh, an idiot move Kind of, I mean this guy's a jackass and it probably will never play or never coached at this level uh, ever again um, for what he did. That's Marlon Chen. Uh, and then on top of that, paying a player uh, so she could pay off her debts is a huge NCAA violation, um, which could get the whole school in trouble, uh, not just uh, the coach. So, you know, he brought a lot of bad on himself here. Um, and, and I hope that he never gets to go back to this school. And I hope that... Um, this young player, Destiny Fagan, over to, able to get over this because it. I mean, it. It is. Go read the articles for yourself. Read some of the text messages. He is incredibly creepy. All right. Great answers, both sides. Very strong. <laughs> Very strong opinions on both sides. This point's going to go to the AFC Central bring up especially being able to talk about the text messages the paying off student loans and the damage that it could do to FIU itself with basically just the amount of negligence that this coach has done on top of being super creepy and sending hey do we blonde together quizzes to his players man you guys alright everyone drunk (laughs) hooray So, uh, after four, we have Sam Bradford's Drunk Agents at two and the AFC Central at two. Moving on to question five. Yeah! (laughs) The the franchise tag deadline was Tuesday. What team do you believe executed their franchise tag the most effectively? Andrew, you go first, followed up by Mitch. All right. um, Okay, so you look at, you know, there's... 10 teams that use the franchise tag uh, that are most notable. You have Muhammad Wilkerson, Jets, Justin Tucker from the Ravens. I believe Cordy Glenn got it from the Bills. Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Norman, Olivier Vernon, Von Miller, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Tremaine Johnson, I believe, was the Rams. And then Eric Berry from the Chiefs. Uh, there's a lot of good names on there. Obviously, Josh Josh Norman um, emerged as one of the best corners. Alshon Jeffries, an absolute stud. Cordy Glenn played really good last year. But I'm actually going to go with Kirk Cousins on this one. Uh, Washington using their – these, they're actually their non-exclusive uh, franchise tag on Cousins. The tag does have a hefty price tag of, you know, $19 million. Um, And then Ian Rappaport actually reported that 
Cousins is actually going to sign the tender and he's going to show up and work under the tag. You know, he's not mad at all that he got tagged. I mean, obviously you shouldn't. You're getting $19 million. Um, and actually, I think this is a win-win situation. Um, you know, last year was Cousins' first really good year. And um, I think this tag's going to see if uh, he has another good 2016 season that he can be their franchise quarterback. I think it's a very smart move. Instead of giving him a long-term deal right now, um, you, you see how like Colin Kaepernick got that huge deal, just kind of, just kind of didn't, just hasn't played good since then. So I think very smart move for uh, Kirk Cousins to get franchise tagged gives the Redskins one year to see you know if he's actually going to be able to play again like he was capable in 2015 when he was one of the best quarterbacks. I do want to give, um, I, I do believe the Alshon Jeffrey tag was good as well, obviously, but they know what he's capable of, so he's going to draw a lot of interest after this franchise tag. Same thing, they're, I think they're just kind of holding on to him as long as they can. But like the Kirk Cousins tag makes the most sense for me. All right, very good answer. Mitch, how about you? Offense wins games, defense wins championships. Two teams made the best moves with their franchise tags, and they're both equally as much good as the others, so I can't really make a decision. Both two premier players in this league. Both guys are like the faces of their defense, given Luke Keekley and Josh Norman both, in a sense, combined together to make the face of that defense. But Vaughn Miller alone just solidified Denver's defense in that Super Bowl. And Norman himself, in the back end of that Panthers defense, showed the whole NFC conference that the Panthers were no one to mess with this season. These guys are the just future of their teams. It's hard to choose between who truly made the better move by tagging these guys, but if I had to say who used it best, it's definitely a solid tie between Denver and Carolina. All right, very, very good answers. But this point is going to go Sam Bradford's drunk agent. Completely agree with the Kirk Cousins tag as much as defense does win championships. Got to have a quarterback, and Kirk Cousins has proved to be very, very good. Yeah, and I don't see anybody at this so far, this rookie class or next year's. Yeah, they still had Peyton Manning. It's not like they had not, you know, or back there with friggin' Joe Webb. Yeah, you still need a quarterback to be successful. Osweiler could have yeah, if Osweiler stays. Highway robbery. <laughs> robbery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call All right, moving on to number six. Sam Bradford's drunk agents three. The AFC Central two. Question number six. Rolls Chapman, as previously mentioned, was suspended 30 games for domestic violence. The MLB decided not to discipline Yasiel Puig for his domestic violence allegations. Do you think Puig should have been suspended, or do you think he got off? Ryan, have you go fo- go first, followed up by Rich? Uh, I want to like start off by saying, like, first off, uh, what Chapman did, uh, you know, and 
and uh, Mitch and um, Andrew talked about this earlier. He choked his girlfriend, then went out to his garage and shot off eight rounds from a handgun. Um, what and 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 not to say what Yasiel Puig does was acceptable, but he got into a bar fight with a male bartender. Um, so once a guy beating up his girlfriend and choking his girlfriend, and then. The eight shots, shooting the eight shots off in the garage, I don't know if that was, like, that helps him blow off steam, or if it was supposed to intimidate the girlfriend, uh, which is terrifying to think about, um, or, or what the reasoning for that was at all, uh, but the, what they, these two did are not the same, uh, you know, getting into a bar fight, I mean, not with a bartender, excuse me, with a, with a, uh, bouncer, uh, at a bar, uh, it was unacceptable, and he probably should be suspended for games like that. Both the guys decided not to press charges, and and it's gonna go away. But uh, but what what Chapman did is completely unacceptable, and and I agree with what Mitch said earlier. I think that he should get more than thirty games, uh, because of of what he did. And then he came out today and didn't any they uh stated his apology, and he didn't apologize for choking her. Uh, and didn't apo- all he apologized for was shooting the gun. He thought that was the bad part, that he shot his gun, not for choking his girlfriend. And it just shows, like, no remorse for the situation. Um, but as for Yasiel Puig, yeah, I think he should have got suspended. Uh, you know, any time that you're out there, you're, you should be representing the team that you play for. They pay you millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, to play a game. Um, and you, every time you, and you go anywhere, you're representing... Um, that you know that company uh and, and people know you you know they know that when they look at you they're like oh that here comes you know this guy he plays for blah 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 so you're representing that team and you should be held accountable for your actions now a 30 game suspension absolutely not i don't think you should get anything that high um i don't know what the precedence is set for this in baseball off the top of my head uh but you know a few game suspension here like a three to five game suspension i'd be in favor of uh for yarcl puig all right very good answer how about you rich uh what started the brawl is why i think he should have gotten 30 day or 30 game suspension as well not only did he get into a bar fight with the bouncer he got into a heated argument with his sister, who is obviously a female, that he shoved in the process of the heated argument. You still don't put your hands on a woman. Yasiel Puig has been a headache for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Been suspended once already. It's no surprise that this guy can obviously not stay out of trouble for, for why he's been Major League Baseball. Ryan, you got a, brought up a good point. These guys get paid millions of dollars to play baseball. It's a privilege. I think a 30-game suspension should have been warranted just because of his history with this. And in no business does a man have any kind of reason to put his hands on another woman, whether it be his mom, his sister, his wife, even his daughter at that at that thing. You shouldn't be putting your hands on anybody, period. But, you know, I think the shove that to his own sister, another woman – should have warranted at least some sort of suspension. I think it should have been 30 days or maybe even half a season just with a history of Puig. Uh, just to, to cover myself here, the report that I read, I didn't see that, that he hit his sister. And if that's the case, uh, then absolutely he should get uh, the 30 game or, or even more. 
Uh, you know, I think that 30 games is probably not enough. The report that I said didn't show that. They just said that he got into the fight with the bond, uh, the bouncer. But, yeah, I agree with Moore if, if that was the case. All right. Very good answers on both sides. But I'm have to give the point here to Sam Bradford's drunk agent. Absolutely great point. We shouldn't put the hands on the woman. Let's and go. It just, he has, he's, he's been like, a headache. He has. I think that's one of the biggest things for me, too. He's been a headache. He's already been suspended. He's been, I don't even watch baseball that much, but every time I seem to look at anything, there's always a Yossiel Puig said this or did this kind of thing. And the fact he continues to get away with it with just, I think something needs to be half done. Excuse me. All right. So, moving on to question seven, we have Sam Bradford's drunk agents with four and the AFC Central with two. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Moving on to number seven, the Rio 16 games have been heavily ridiculed because of health concerns for the Olympians. The IOC has refused to relocate any of the courses. Should countries boycott the Olympics to protect their athletes? Mitch, you go first, followed up by Andrew. Ah, mosquitoes are everywhere. No, all jokes aside. Um, <laughs> um, I think they should. It's low, but they should boycott because obviously they are people before athletes. You know, the concussion protocol coming out in all these different sports. They're already following health obligations. If you're going to send a bunch of people, people, they should be in safe conditions. We take for granted that athletes are truly people under fame. We take for granted that a football player walks off a field with a concussion, maybe doesn't even remember his wife's name, his daughter's name, his son's name. A baseball player gets hit with a fastball and does the same thing. Basketball player gets thrown to the ground after a dunk or something and the guy doesn't remember anything. We take those things for granted. It should definitely either be moved or canceled or if they don't do either of the two, countries should definitely boycott and say, you know what, I, I'm sorry, I can't send my people here. The chances of them getting sick are far too high. Very, very good answer. Andrew, how about you? All right. Um, honestly, I kind of disagree. Um, I don't think – I think they will boycott. Um, should they – I don't think they should, honestly. Um, you know, I mean, this Olympic Games happened in August. You know, that's like, what, five, six months away. Finding another host country, doing all that, it's going to be, you know, that's going to be too much work. I mean, obviously, you know, the Zika virus, the dengue fever, you know, this is nothing to joke about. You know, they're, these viruses that come from mosquitoes and obviously, yeah. And I do like, you know... going to be too much of a headache to realistically find another host country for the Olympics. You know, they could postpone it, but if they postpone it, 
they're not going to be able to get rid of all these viruses in that short amount of time. And obviously, you know, with the the Olympics has to happen every four years. Like that's just how it's been. So you don't really want to postpone it and canceling it. It's going to be like I said, it's going to be way too hard to find another host for this. Um, so I actually disagree with that. I think that maybe there will be boycotts, but honestly, I just don't think it's going to do anything. All right, I'm going to go with the AC Central getting the point on this one. I absolutely disagree. They should boycott, and the thing isn't about moving hosts. It's just about changing the venue because the body of water that they want their free swimmers going to contains a flesh-eating bacteria and MRSA and all kinds of stuff. It's about a venue change. Woo! Point for flesh-eating bacteria. (laughs) (laughs) Mosquitoes, unite! All right. So after seven, we have Sam Bradford's drunk agents with four and the AFC Central with three. Moving on to question eight. The MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, says the NL isn't currently shifting to having a DH position with a player like David Ortiz, for example, who has just been absolutely lights out at the position. Do you think Manfred is telling the truth or just kind of smoke screening the situation? Rich, you go first, followed up by Ryan. Uh, I, I think he's telling the truth. I, I see a, I've been reading a lot of the interest on uh, the National League wanting to convert over to the DH. It works well for the AL. I don't see why it wouldn't work well for the NL. I mean, don't really have much of, a, of an opinion on this. I mean, you can always try it for a few years just to see how it goes. But, I mean, I, I think it's going to happen either way. So like, like I said, there's there's tons of interest there. I don't think there's any kind of smoke screen going on. I'm, it's just as what it is. When the when the owners talk, you kind of come to some sort of compromise in sports and say, okay, we'll try it out just to see how it goes. So, why I don't think it's going to be, you know, this coming season, maybe the season after that. But I, I do think eventually we're going to see the NL, uh, you know, using the DH as well. All right, good answer. Go ahead, Ryan. <clears throat> yeah, uh, so this is what makes this as interesting. As, as Manfred come out, uh, came out, uh, I believe it was the 26th, uh, he came out and said, yeah, like, uh, we're going it's to, it's happening. It's going to happen probably by 2017. Uh, you know, the, uh, the NL National League is going to have designated hitters. It's happening. And then, like, I believe it was four days later, completely reversed his stance. Uh, and said that things are staying the same for the foreseeable future. Uh, keep in mind, during those four days, he was in Coral Gables, Florida, for owners' meetings. Um, so what I think happened here, and I don't think it's a smokescreen, but what I think happened here, as he came out publicly and said, you know, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to, you know, the NL is going to start adopting designated hitters. Uh, and then he started talking to some of these owners because there are a lot of owners um, in the National League that are against uh, having designated hitters and still believe that you know everybody uh, that plays you know that pitchers should still hit. Um, so then he got into you know that conversation. Uh, I mean, and then you know realized that there was still a lot of opposition to it. Uh, so came back and then said that everything's going to stay the same for the foreseeable future and. To back up this point, he even said uh, when he refuted his statement and came back and said that uh, it's going to stay the same, 
He said, and I quote, I think the vast majority of clubs in the National League want to stay where they are, uh, end quote. So, I mean, you're getting uh, kind of a view inside of, of the mind of a lot of the owners in the National League uh, that just don't want to to change. You know, a lot of them have built uh, stadiums that have really deep outfields. Um, so, so when they play uh, American League teams, they have the advantage, the pitching, the pitcher's advantage. A lot of these teams um, – don't want to have to compete with uh, teams, you know, like Boston, uh, whose Fenway Park has is pretty short, or uh, Yankee Stadium, uh, where it's really easy to get a home run. Stadiums like that, they don't want to have to compete with that. That they have these stadiums that are all set up to be a big stadium, so the pitcher has the advantage. So they have the advantage over NL teams when they play them. But the truth of the matter is, uh, this should happen. The at the end of the day, baseball is just entertainment. And it is far more entertaining to watch David Ortiz uh, jack a 420-footer uh, than it is to go watch and watch Madison Bumgarner uh, strike out in four pitches every time. So it's better for the game, in my opinion, because it's better. It makes it more entertaining. All right, great answers by both sides. The point here is going to go to the AFC Central of. Uh, Brand's point, especially about the article in 20, the 26 saying that absolutely is going to happen. Goes down the owner's meeting, probably a little slip the tongue about some teams that did, but, you know, you got the majority who doesn't, so he comes back, saves himself by saying that. And I, I agree. I think it, it should happen. I think it, it, it is entertainment. It's a billion-dollar sport, and I, I agree all around. I think it's something that should happen, and I'd make baseball a little funner. <laughs> <laughs> that – you know, limit themselves to only 4,000 games a season. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, moving on to question number nine. We're all tied up at four apiece. So there are many different opinions about professional wrestling, but WWE WrestleMania is coming up, and some think it's one of the best sports events of the year. What's your take on the opinion? Andrew, you go first, followed up by Mitch. All right. Um, this not a chance at all. Um, in my opinion, WWE is not a sport. Not one bit. Uh, it's an entertainment. You know, these hits aren't real. Yeah, eventually, sometimes maybe your fist actually does hit them. You actually do kick them, but it's all staged. They're all acting. And then you look at the UFC where they're actually hitting, and, you know, it's all real. That is a sport. WWE is entertaining, but it's not the biggest sport of any year. I'd rather watch the Super Bowl, the World Series, NHL playoffs, NBA Finals, March Madness. All of these other sporting events are so much better than watching, you know, a WrestleMania where these it's all staged and we already know who's going to win. So, um, well, I mean, we don't already know who's going to win, but it's already scripted out to who's going to win. And, you know, what's the point of watching that? Um, I just don't see a point in it. It's not a sport. It's not a big uh, sporting event at all. All right. Very strong answer. Mitch, how about you? All right. Um, look, I, I'm mixed towards his answer. Yes, it's scripted. 
but there's something you're not saying. These guys throw each other around. They do. They hit the mat. They do. They're jumping from very high heights. They do. These guys, they're not completely fake. These guys, they do have to be athletes. If you look at some of the things that some guys do, they're incredible. The leaps they make, I mean, Mick Foley went through a burning table. Um, if anyone remembers who Mick Foley is, Q1990s, um, The Undertaker. Does anybody remember The Undertaker? Man, Everybody knows The Undertaker. Uh, well, Mankind, Dude Love, <laughs> Cactus Jack, anybody? This guy's a phenomenon. But nonetheless, it, it, I partially agree when he said this is an entertainment. Yes. That is why you keep guys such as Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, you know, that guy. And another instance, the amount of injuries this year... In WWE alone, probably one of the highest in its length. Main event stars such as John Cena, if anyone pays attention to that anymore. I doubt you do, because I, for one, understand it's not as good as it used to be. But, to name the list, John Cena, Seth Rollins, Antonio was still hired by the WWE, Daniel Bryan. These guys were important characters in storylines that just kind of broke. Now, are there rumors that these guys will return at certain points? WrestleMania? Yes. Is WrestleMania one of the biggest sporting events in a year? I wouldn't say so. I would say the Super Bowl, the World Series... Those kind of things go above it. But is it an entertainment spectacle? Yes. These guys, to adults and kids alike, are freaks of nature. I dare someone to be strong enough to lift another man over his head and throw him 30 feet over a ring onto a group of six guys sitting a decent distance away and still have enough stamina to go 30 minutes in what you guys know as a match. It's not a sport as such, but it's definitely entertaining to see. Alright, I kind of want to jump back in for a little bit. Um, Because you mentioned The Undertaker... I mean, the dude's 50, and he's still wrestling. Um, obviously, you look at who you look at these other sports, you know, NHL, NFL, NBA, MLB. Are there any 50-year-old guys out there playing? No, because they're playing real sports that require real skill, and they're actually getting hit, and they're making plays and all this other stuff. When you got guys that are 50 years old that are doing that are still wrestling, obviously, it's you know, yeah, it's. It requires a little bit of skill and a little bit of strength, but I just, yeah, it's mostly an entertainment. It's not 
like a sport at all. Go take a backdrop from a seven foot five, three hundred pound guy, <laughs> and then tell me how much of a real sport this is. Go fall fifteen feet after somebody throws you through the air. Tell me what a real sport is. I get it. This guy is fifty, but that's because of something called dedication. He, the guy, loves his business. No matter what the case is. The guy will go out there every night and sacrifice for a group of fans that have sat around and watched him over, oh, what do I want to say, 30 years? You be dedicated enough to do something for 30 years and then say what that guy can't do. Come on. Okay, and then, you know, look at, all right, look at Brock Lesnar as well. Um, one apiece. Sorry, I know one apiece. Probably one apiece. Time. That's it. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll, okay, I'll tap out. I'll tap out. I feel like a, one, a real sport one in UFC, and I'll tap out. Oh. Woo! 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 <laughs> All right. Flare him. <laughs> Either way, the point is going to go to Sam Bradford's drunk agent. It is scripted. It's Let's not among, among one of the best sports spectacles of the year. There are much more stuff I'd rather watch. Super Bowl playoffs, NBA World Series. You can name a hundred things I'd rather watch. So, oh shit! At the end of nine, we're tied. Or uh, we're, excuse me, we're not tied up. We have Sam Bradford's drunk agents with five, and the AFC Central with four. Last question of the regular season, so to speak. We've seen great runs by Tennessee, UConn, and a Cinderella run by Louisville that fell short. Who's your early favorite to win the women's NCAA tournament? Ryan, you go first, followed up by Rich. Obviously, it has to be UConn. Uh, I don't think there's another acceptable answer in here. Uh, UConn is on an unbelievable run. Uh, they've won every game this season. They haven't actually lost a game since November 17th of 2014. And if you want to see the, the game before that that they lost, you have to go... Uh, to 2012 uh, because they went undefeated in the 2013 season as well and they only lost one game uh, in in a 2014-2015 season and now undefeated in this season and if you take a look at some of these numbers if only ranked opponents uh, only teams that are ranked right now currently ranked that have played against UConn this year no team well no team period ranked or not has uh, taken a game within single digits of them. So not only have they won every game, but they've won every game by 10 or more points. Just against ranked teams, uh, of which they have beat nine this season, they average, they beat them by an average of 19 points. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable what they were able to do uh, against all of these. Even the, the class of this team, you look at a lot of the games that they've had this season, they're beating teams... You know, 94 to 37, um, 106 to 56. I mean, they're just demolishing team. Coach Gino, uh, in his 30th season this year, has another team that's just fantastic. UConn is the cream of the crop. Um, they're three time or three. They have three consecutive championships now. This will be their fourth after they get this one. Um, Ten-time champions. They've won the NCAA ten times. Nine of those have come from um, 2000 and on. Uh, so they've been great, uh, you know, in this short stretch. 
If you look at the last eight seasons, they've made it to the final four uh, in the last eight seasons. They've made it to the Elite Eight in the last ten seasons, to the Sweet 16 every year for the last 22 seasons, and they've at least made the bracket every year for the last 24 seasons. And as I just told you, Gino, in his 30 year as the head coach, uh, it just tells you uh, the unbelievable what he's able to been uh, unbelievable what he's done with this team. UConn's women's basketball has dominated the sport uh, since the 2000s. Um, like I don't, I don't think there's another uh, sport that you can even compare to the amazing run that they've had. Uh, you know, we're and um, right now we're in the 15th uh, season. Uh, in the 2000s, and they have won nine of the 15 champions, their championships. Uh, un- unbelievable run. They're three champions in a row now, and they're four-peat, uh, I think, this year. Uh, they have a really amazing team, and they've just been blowing out everybody they've played. All right, great answer. Rich, who you got? Rich, you there? No, I, I agree. I think it's UConn. I, I don't see how it's not going to be <laughs> UConn. You look at the last couple of seasons they played. I mean, it's like uh, they've got five NCAA since the 2000, 2007, 2008 champion. Or from 2007 on, they've been, they've won five national championships. They've been in three, two Final Fours. I mean, uh, or three Final Fours, five national championships. It, it's just remarkable. It, it's like they first, 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 third, second, and then first all the way down. They they have not fallen below, you know, the uh, the top twenty five in the in the standings in, in the entire coaching career. I'm looking up, except for you know the first three seasons they were in. You know, they they were seventh, tied for fourth, and then fifth. But from 1990 or 1988 all the way to now, they have not been below third place in this entire run of this career. Uh, undefeated now, I think they're going to go undefeated and win the championship as well. All right, both great answers, but this one should matter again, beat to the punch. I'm going to go with the AFC Central for this one. Very good answer, especially bringing up since 2009 championships. Uh, and they are, I think they're just going to continue to make a great run. Gino Oriama is just a, a monster of a coach, but both were very good answers. All right. So at the end of our 10, we're all tied up 5 5. So as a tiebreaker for going into the final question, we're going to go with Sam Bradford's drunk agent do you guys want to go first or second and who wants to go first or second what what do you want to do Andrew? um i think actually i think i want to go first so okay so i guess we'll go right, first. you want to go first do you want to okay. go first and then i'll do you want to go first you want me to take yeah it? i'll go first you want to go second i'll go first all, all right. right no he's going first all right so we are going to do andrew yeah, mitch Rich Ryan. Yep. All right. So number eleven. Now that it is a very, very strong possibility that Peyton Manning may return, let's begin of thinking of strong landing spot possibilities. The most realistic team that benefits. 
what team will he go to and why will he end up at that team? Obviously, it seems like the logical spot says he's just going to come back to Denver. However, I think of like two spots where I think he might go. Honestly, yeah, he won a Super Bowl last year, but he did throw 17 interceptions, which was the second most in the league. And he also missed, I believe, six games. I honestly don't believe he can be a starter and lead another team to the Super Bowl unless he has that defense that he did in Denver. So I think maybe he could go to um, a, a team that he is familiar with a coach. And I honestly think, you know, Detroit and Miami stick out. Now, I know this is – a lot of people are saying the Rams and the Texans. I don't think he's going to go there. I think he's going to go to Detroit um, and back up Matthew Stafford. Obviously, Jim Caldwell's there. Um, so I think that's a good spot for him. Also, Miami, because you look at – Brian Tannehill goes down. Yeah, they have Matt Moore as a backup. But with Adam Gase, um, Adam Gase can continually make Manning good. So I think it's either going to be Detroit or Miami there. I, I don't want to go with the obvious choice of the Rams or the Texans. All right, very interesting point. Mitch, go ahead. All right, so you have – what could be notably the best quarterback to walk this earth in a free agent pool. And I have three ideal places he could go. The first one, I agree with Andrew. He could go back to Denver. That's the obvious choice. Super Bowl winner, you know, starting quarterback of the team, big star guy, okay, There's the first point. Number two, big stars go for big money in big cities. Peyton Manning, big contract. Going with the obvious, the L.A. Rams. Peyton makes a big splash. Everybody, oh, hey, there's Peyton Manning in California. Hey, can we see this? I want to see this. You know, big money. All that involved. Just a big story to prep up the Rams. Really off scenario, but it's still a chance. Now, the third one, I personally would like to see this. One team this week got rid of a backup quarterback, so now they have a a seat open And I think if Peyton were to close out his career, I feel like this would be the best move for him. (laughs) Anyone else but me want to see Peyton go back to Indy? Come on. You're drunk. Let's think about this here. I I had it written down, but I don't think it's I'm not. And here's why. Here's why. If he goes back. If... I'm glad everyone else has an answer. Thanks. If Peyton would go back, that would be the perfect thing for Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck is the guy of the future. Take the guy of the past, Peyton Manning's mind, and Andrew Luck on the field. That makes the best possible combination for Indianapolis. And not only that, it gives Peyton the blue and white to ride off into the sunset. 
Those three are my choices for Peyton. Highly illogical. Denver's a logical choice, but those two are the places I'd like to see him go. All right. Good answer, good answer. Rich, where do you think he'll end up? Uh, If he comes back, I'm still going to go with the obvious choice and say the L.A. Rams, but I don't think it's going to be for the purpose of – I think – and the only reason I'm saying this is because as far as everyone knows, the Rams have been the only one that says, hey, if you want to play, come play for us. We'll pay you, but I, I don't think they want to bring him in, honestly, and with the, the chance of making a Super Bowl. I think this is more or less a publicity stunt that they want to bring him in for to uh, put fans in the stands. You know, they're moving into a new city. You got a new stadium. You know, that that that's what I think is the sole motivation behind offering Peyton Manning a new contract. But if he wanted to go play another year, I don't think he's going to go back to Denver with the franchise tag to Von Miller. They've obviously going to move away. They didn't even franchise tag Brock. You know, they didn't even. They're still trying to work out a deal for uh, Brock Osweiler as well. I, you know, I, I don't think that he's going to play in the A. I don't think he'll play in the NFC though, for the simple fact that if he makes the Super Bowl and Eli makes the Super Bowl, he can play in the Super Bowl with his brother. So he'll probably stay in the AFC. And with that being said, I, I could see the Jets being a possibility. I could also see maybe Houston one year down there, and I know we talked about that on the show before. Houston's got a solid defense. The Jets have a solid defense. He's going to play in an AFC team that's really got a defense that can, you know, that can protect the quarterback that, that struggles in the passing game. And you know, you go down to Houston, you've got a uh, DeAndre Hopkins there. You go to the Jets, you've got Brandon Marshall. You can even pair him back up with uh, Eric Decker, who you know played with Peyton Manning in, in Denver. So I, I can see three of those logical answers, or logical teams, mind you. All right, good answer. All right, Ryan, what you got? Uh, first thing, <clears throat> uh, yeah, everybody's been talking about the strong possibility. Well, this morning, anybody who listens to Denver's 104.3 The Fan uh, heard uh, – Peyton Manning's agent, Tom Condon, on with Mark Schlereth and Mike Evans. Uh, and he said the exact quote, to tell you the truth, I know that Peyton has not decided, uh, speaking on his decision to stay or go. Uh, but we should have a decision sh- soon because in six days, the Broncos either have to release him, trade him, or guarantee him uh, a sixteen, a 2016 contract worth at least $19 million. Um, so you still don't know what he's going to do yet. Um, obviously, you know, the teams that are going to come up, the Rams, the Texans, uh, even the Jets, I think the Rams is the most logical choice, uh, if he does decide that he's going to play next year, um, because, you know, they do have a great defense, they, and, and on the offense, they have a great young running back, they, if they have a quarterback that you know is, is healthy, they could be a serious contender. Uh, you know, but we saw the way that Peyton Manning played last year, and does he really have, um, you know, that kind of uh, that kind of run in front of him? Plus, there's a lot of great defenses in that conference. Is he going to be able to to compete? You know, against the Seahawks twice a year, against uh, the Cardinals twice a year. Um, and there's also reports coming out though that the Rams are interested in him, and they, you know, they just let go of cut Chris Long, James Laurinaitis, and Jared Cook. 
they have kept the cap space to make this move if they want to. And for me, it would make sense for the Rams to do it if, and I've said it on the show before, uh, they made a deal with him that it had to be his final year. Uh, and just be like, come see Peyton Manning on his final year and do exactly what David Ortiz is doing this year, exactly what Kobe Bryant's doing this year, exactly what we saw um, uh, Derek Jeter do uh, with the Yankees the past season. Uh, and, and, you know, and everybody gets to come on the farewell tour and they'll, you know, they'll make a, a billion dollars off of it, I'm sure. And they'll get to uh, get a strong fan base started in their new home for L.A., but I think the most logical is I think he'll retire. So the most logical signing is him to sign a one-time con or one-day contract with the Colts, uh, just to retire as a Colt. All right. So I absolutely think LA is completely out of the question. I think Peyton Manning is a guy who wants to play. He wants another ring, and that's what he wants to do. And I don't know if it's like a farewell tour without having a chance at a ring is worth it to him. So the winner of this game is going to be Sam Bradford's drunk agent. I really like, I know the Jets will probably resign and take Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I think Peyton Manning would fit great with that offense. He's got a couple big receivers, got a good running game, especially if you get Chris Ivory back in there. I mean, and you could argue the Patriots, but they took the Patriots to the wire one time and then beat them in overtime the next. And I think he's a guy who could really push them over at the hump, and especially if they draft a young quarterback, one that they could really listen to. And I think that would actually give him a good chance realistically. Damn, that's cold-blooded. You got to think about who wants him, too. The Jets aren't going to downgrade <laughs> from Fitzmagic to Peyton Manning. You just don't want to sing, so hush it. <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what, hello? Before, before you guys yeah, but Ryan I'll... Fitzmagic always shows who he is at the I end of the season. I was wondering if you blah, blah, blah. And Peyton Manning showed how old he is at the all of this season, at every snap of this season, and it wasn't even as good as Fitzmagic as when Fitzmagic was bad. It was when it counted, though, man. Hold on, hold on. Let me point this out real quick about the Rams before we get to the punishment, and and I'm going to leave it at this. If the Rams offer him, like, let's say, hey, we're going to pay you $25 million on a one-year deal, because they know they're going to recoup that money in, in, you know, ticket sales, I still think he will go there just to say, hey, I can cash out $25 million for one year. I mean, that'll add to my retirement fund. So it's not out of the realm of possibility if he's looking to get paid for one more year. I'm just going to leave that out there. This guy doesn't need money, though. I just think he's got to play the Seahawks and the he's got to play the Seahawks and the Cardinals twice each year. I mean, that's ten interceptions total between those two teams. That he would not last in the NFC West. Not a chance. All right, I'll, I'll yeah, leave it. Yeah, yeah, he's. Face the same, face the same style defenses in the AFC. Been doing it for years. Not a big, not a big difference. I get it, the guy's old, but come on, he's faced these style defenses for ages now. God, the guys are dinosaurs. Still, 
He's played in the AFC South, which is the Jaguars <laughs> and the Titans. Those, those aren't uh, he played, he played in the AFC South <laughs> when the honest. Titans had the best defense in the, in all of the football, though, to be fair as well. we had, He played there when they had Javon Curse and they had the, the number one defense in football. That's true. True. Let true. alone the other teams outside. All right, I wanted... had to face. How does this song go? I got the lyrics. How did? What's Come it on, sound dude. like? Can someone, can someone give me like <laughs> I <have> a? No <laughs> idea. I'm trying to hold on. I'm looking up. I need a rhythm in my head though, because I sing better. I'm not falling in your trap. It's me you're dreaming of. You're singing the. Isn't that... Andrew, you know the song. You you're singing a Lionel number. Richie. You're singing that. That's a Lionel Richie. I'm not singing it. <laughs> no, but. It, Rich right there. He's like, know, no, no. you're looking for. Yeah, you're singing Lionel Richie. I've heard of Adele, but I've never. Can we sing Lionel Richie instead? <laughs> I know how that goes. Hold on. All night long. I can sing that. <laughs> Once you get started, you can't sit down. I'll go. I'll go. Lionel Richie, everybody. <laughs> I, got no singing it. I got the lyrics up, but I have no idea how like the rhythm of the song goes. I know that's sing it. It's crazy. like uh, just sing it. I got it. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just sing it. Sing it very dramatically, like you're yelling at someone from far away. Give us your version. We just all right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna sing it to the beat of Lionel Rich's "Hello." That's what I'm gonna do. Is sing Adele's "Hello" to the beat of Lionel Rich's "Hello." Sounds good. And it? then after, and then after Richard, and and then after Ryan's done, I'm gonna throw my own little personal twist in there. You gotta go. All right, here we go. Ready? All right. Hello, it's me. I was wondering if I've. Oh, that's way too long. If there after all these years, you would like to meet. <laughs> I'd go to over everything. <laughs> they say that time's supposed to heal all, but I've. Ain't done much healing. <laughs> there you go. Okay, that's good. All right, there you go. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you've definitely heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I haven't heard it. I'm going to listen to it after it, and then I've I'm going to listen back it. to me and see how well I did. Let's hear it, Reese. I'm excited right, to hear this. Or Mitch. Okay. Hello, it's me. <laughs> I was wondering after all these calls that you would let me win this darn talk show but all of these times I've come and gone and lost hello from you won last inside. week didn't you no I lost again I had to talk about oh, no, you didn't hashtag <laughs> fat white butt cheek you bet your <laughs> fat white butt cheek Chip Kelly Marcus Mariota, Antonio Brown Jr., and Gino Gronkowski, whatever your name is, that team's going to be a winner one day. Dang, Mitch, I thought you were going to, like, belt out the tunes. You gave us, like, spoken word. You gave us, like, Def Jam poetry or something. I know. Yeah, I know. I was cracking up. I... Suspected like bad piano being played behind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just hear like one clap hey. every time he says hey. a word. He's like thunderstorm, rain, pain. <laughs> uh, 
We gotta, you gotta start giving us something we know. Yeah. (laughs) On the song punishments, you gotta give me songs that I know. If you don't know this song, how do you know what okay. I'm singing? <laughs> All right, well, if you could just email yeah. us the list of songs you do know, it may be easier. <laughs> Anything made like we should have did the we should have did should have did Lionel sure. Richie, Jesus. Yeah, I could have done. I could have built it out. Hello, I some Lionel Richie. <laughs> Is it? Me I mean, that's why you're looking for. Is it me? I can for? see it in your eyes. The next, I can see the, it in your The smile. next hot track is going to be Mitch Reese and Mike This one's Ryan special Moreland, right to reach. Re, or spe- special right it. out to my partner in crime. Boom, 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 Amos boom, right here. The last part where he goes like, uh, In my dream, I kiss your lips a thousand times. That's your naked, <laughs> naked Skype buddy singing oh, right there. Oh, that came right from the soul. Probably. <laughs> I think even I got a. I think I even caught a little bit of the emotion there from Ryan Poole. Thanks, man. He, I brought he it. He the soul right there. If you're gonna go, Jesus. hey, if you're gonna go, you ought to be proud to have him as a partner. <laughs> if you're gonna go hard, go all the way, baby. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. All right, thanks everybody for listening tonight. Special thanks to Mitch and uh, Andrew for being on the show. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. We had a lot of fun. Uh, tune in tomorrow night. We're gonna be having the the fictional basketball draft using all the real teams but drafting only players um, made famous from movies and television. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, so listen in for that and then of course on Friday be sure to tune in for the free for all show and remember that uh, they're no longer doing it live. It's going to be in a podcast form coming out a little bit earlier uh, so be yeah, on the just, lookout. Just for this week so we'll... Yeah just for this week. Uh, it's, kind yeah, of... it's it's called the Weekend Water Cooler yep. Right, it's so gonna be a mix of everything. Be sure to listen to that, um, and you know, same time, same place. Thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks to guys that were on the show. Uh, everybody, have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern. 